You're now listening to The Specific Brown Show. Specifically music. Music. Specifically real. Real. Hosted by DJ SB. Your favorite MC. This is where it's at. Welcome once again to the SB Show. My name's DJ SB, and in today's episode, I'll be interviewing DJ Azza of Surrey Hills Radio. DJ Azza is also an ACM alumni, and we'll be talking all things past, present, and future. Keep it here on the SB Show. Hello, and welcome to the Specific Brown Rap World Show podcast series two. Today's the first episode of the next of the series two, uh, the next series after my first series. And today I'm joined by DJ Azza. Aaron, how's it going, bro? Not too bad, my G. What about you? Yeah, not too shabby, man. We've been uh, making a bit of music li- lately. Oh, tons, man. I mean, I know we've got a couple of things in the works right now, but I'm not going to say any more on that just now. I've got... Well, I've, I've got a bunch of things in the pipeline. Let's play out of that, shall we? <laughs> no, it's mine. Have you, have you found since um, uni's finished that uh, you've been able to make more music or is it kind of same old same? No, I feel like as if I've got a bit more time on my hands now so I can do a little bit more. It's just a matter of um, what sort of projects I kind of want to do because I'm trying to venture into not just producing for other people but then also producing for potentially video games as well and getting into that sort of realm too. Yeah, man. So for um, our listeners who don't know you, uh, can you just give a brief introduction as to who you are, what you do? Of course. So, as the name predicts, I am indeed a DJ. I mean, obviously, that would be in a name, wouldn't it? Otherwise, <laughs> I wouldn't exactly be a DJ. <laughs> but, anyhow. Um, also, a EDM producer. I sing a couple, like, from now and then, rap as well, uh, a bit of beatboxing, and I also songwrite. Plus, I'm a drummer. Man of many trades. Indeed. <laughs> Or jack of all trades, you could say. But then you'll be a master of all trades soon, man. Just keep working <laughs> at it. Indeed. So when did you first, when did you first start um, music? When did you first realise, wow, I love music and I want to do this? I feel like it's been throughout my entire childhood because I remember when I was a kid, and this is when I was growing up in mainstream, I used to, I used to be part of the school choir back in the day, so I'd literally go and I'd sing for them. I was yeah about like six seven years old um and i'll literally just do that on the side like you know it's like part of the choir and then i would continue on to that i feel like when i really really started getting into it was probably when i was like 12 13 just before i got into drums roughly cool so you've been you've been on this grind a long time then literally a long time but it's, it's been a worthwhile grind though so yeah. I'm, i can't really complain um so when, like did you did you do any like music lessons or anything when you were younger like did you learn any instruments like did your parents like you know set you up with some teachers Yeah well my teacher actually at the time shout out Bernie Hartley if you're listening honestly he he is an absolute like G. I feel he honestly got me into playing drums and the minute that he introduced me he was literally go oh maybe you should go and do some rock school grades so I did that immediately did the debut grade and then worked my way all up to uh, what would have been grade eight, which I completed about three years ago now. Uh, so yeah, he's honestly I I I went up much to uh, Bernie Hartley on drumming. Sweet. Um, did you do any like music qualifications when you were younger prior to coming to ACM? Um, I mean the other ones I could really think of were just mainly the rock school. Yeah. I feel and then uh studying for example at brooklyn's college which i know a lot a lot of people who probably have been to brooklyn's will know it's not exactly the best place but 
it's okay for I suppose where especially for the music bit even though it's been gone for like three years but <laughs> you know awesome um when you first joined ACM, um, did you notice there was a sudden like jump up in the level of ability with the people oh, around absolutely, you? Absolutely, yeah. And I feel there was also a step up in uh, well, just with the coursework in general because I'm never I'm I'm never that great at coursework. I hate and I cannot stress this enough. Hate doing written work is potentially the worst thing, but I don't mind it. It's okay. Um, I can get by. It's not the end of the world. Um, so yeah, sweet. Um, at ACM, like, have you found that certain things have been more difficult than others, or have you found like a kind of a comfort level across all things? Like, and has that affected how you, um, in the past at ACM, how you've uh, approached different aspects of the course? Um, I say again, just the difficulty would just be just getting through the course. Well, I mean, everything else was fine, like getting around to certain places, even though it was a bit of a hassle at first you know like I have to constantly ask him oh where do I go like uh, you know it just feels like a massive maze when you're kind of coming here for the first time because you feel quite overwhelmed oh just as being on absolute are you busy sorry yeah, yeah. am I right to am I right to use the live rooms on the side Is, am I okay to show them around uh yeah sure that's fine yeah thank you that's no problem it's alright Alex let roll let roll okay uh, I saw you see like you panicked when it came to sleep mate but the red little icon is showing it's still recording. Okay, sweet. Yeah, it'd be f fine. All right, cool. So uh, I just jump straight back let's, in. Let's go from that last. Um, yeah, go from the last bit. Question. Okay. Um, so I'll just repeat it again. Yeah. Okay. Um, in in your time at ACM, have you found that um, like certain assignments have been more difficult to you than others? And if so, um, have, does that has that affected how you've approached your studies? Yeah, I feel like it's mainly the written work ones because I feel. Um, the theory aspects of it is, I feel, was not exactly tough, but it was almost kind of hard to wrap your head around because obviously you get to grips on how to do it and um, how about to go about doing it. Okay, we're back with uh, DJ Azza on the specific Brown Rap Bull Show podcast. Um, so, at the moment, um, who would you consider your favourite artist? Uh, there's too many. I mean, it depends on what sort of genre you're thinking. If we're talking like, say, for example, uh, like Future Bass, because I love Future Bass, I'd probably go with artists like San Holo, uh, Griffin, and I know this is going to sound very generic, but also Marshmallow as well, because I do appreciate his style. Um, from a house perspective, uh, Calvin Harris is a shout. Um... Martin Garrix as well. More specifically, his new stuff. Not his old. Even though I didn't mind animals, but um, um, there's so many I could do this. But <laughs> I would be here all day if I was to say all of them. Sounds good, man. Um, like if someone was to look on your Spotify playlist, like would you? Are there certain songs that you just religiously listen to, or is it just a, a sprinkling of all your favorite artists? I'd say it's definitely like a sprinkling, but overall, there's definitely a couple gems I would say in there that. Um, from time to time there's something about these tunes like I could just look back onto them and just listen and just be addicted like for hours on hours and hours and I would just never get bored of it so not too much of a good thing then well uh, kind of but at the same time it's it's kind of a good way to keep me inspired um, yeah. on trying something different or I don't know say making something that's imitating that style if that makes sense Based on your studies from ACM, could you now listen to a song that you liked before ACM 
but now you listen to it and you can identify why you like it based on what you've learned. Would, would that be the case? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I feel like there's particular, like, say, songs I did when I was doing, like, stagecraft and uh, band skills uh, that I could particularly think of that I was doing. Um, like, if I was to listen through to them, I could go, oh, do you know, I could probably, like, go and, like, record my own version or, you know, I could, like, deconstruct that and rearrange it into my own style within like a day or something for example so i think so when you talk about rearranging songs like what's your opinion on like originality like do you do you subscribe to one side or another like that is like okay to like not recycle but like imitate or reflect a previous song or a previous artist style or do you think like everything's got to be like original quote unquote and I feel like it depends, doesn't it? Because if you look at, like, particular genres, and, I mean, I could go on an absolute tangent about this, right? Because (laughs) not everything's truly original, all right? I'm just going to put it out there for everyone. (laughs) I mean, that's true. I don't know how many times I will express this, that there's tunes from, like, the 2000s or 90s that are always constantly getting rehashed into a new style, mainly Slap House, which is, like, the big thing now, because Tech House was, like, a massive movement, like, four-something years ago. So that's kind of like taking the mainstay. Um, it depends. Like I don't, I don't mind say like maybe imitating, but as long as you have some form of originality when you're say doing a rearrangement of a tune, whichever tune it may be, like you can have like the you know similar sort of structure to it, but you can have like different sounds and then add your own sort of like lead line, or you can add your own variation to it. So I'd say it's a bit of both. Like you know, definitely take pointers on board if you want to do a rearrangement. But definitely have some some form of originality or like you know your signature sound in there um, would be my uh, best thing. Speaking of signature sound, have you are you, the, are you at the point where you're kind of settling on a sound that you think is your signature sound, or is it still a work in progress? Uh, kind of. I feel like it's quite broad. I mean, when I. Uh, I'm, I'm probably going to go like on an absolute history lesson. So this one, right? Go ahead, knock yourself out. <laughs> but like when when I first started production, I was literally heavily inspired by big rooms. So as I mentioned, Martin Garrix's early stuff, and I would literally look up to that. But as the years went on, I started getting some more. Well, I started getting to trap like back in 2017, more like the kind of hip hoppy side, and then incorporated that into the more electronic side. Especially after listening to uh, like Purple Lamborghini, for example, by Skrillex, and oh, Rick Ross, which I, I feel like literally is like the melting. Is that the Rick point. Ross one? Yeah, yeah. Which I feel like literally that's that's like the melting point there. I feel like for when dance music and hip hop literally just fully collided yeah. to create EDM trap, which is now a thing, and I tend to make that a lot. Well, that or festival trap. I mean, they're just they're both just as fun. Um, yeah, that's kind of that really. Yeah. When it comes to your, when it comes to like EDM, mm. do you think artists and producers are separate entities, or are they kind of the one and the same thing? Um, I mean, it depends. I feel like they can be the same, but also different. It just depends, really, on kind of who it is. I mean, if you look at say people like Zed, for example, because he's like me, he started off as a drummer in like metal, and then ever since then he transitioned from that into production and playing keys and what have you so i feel like it can be a bit of both essentially but it just kind of depends on the person i suppose the specific brown shell the specific brown shell the specific brown shell
You are a presenter at Surrey Hills Radio. That is right. What, what's it like? Let, give us an insight, like a fly on the wall. What's it like at Surrey Hills Radio? How do you, how do you find it there? Honestly, it's probably one of the best things that's happened to me in a long time. I mean, I only came across it by chance through uh, Sorry Choices, big up to them. And there was literally an opportunity that came through that said, oh, you could be a radio presenter um, for a week. And I just started to do it for like that week. And I remember literally going in the first thing and I just literally froze when it just came up on air. I was like, uh, uh, what do I say? What do I say? But yeah, six years down the line and honestly feels like a second family to me i mean it's great community um they host like a bunch of events i mean they've hosted things like a like uh what's like a little fate up in leatherhead before uh which is for the community so yeah i'm I'm really proud of where it's come at um with how you know how many people are getting on board and we're getting more and more presenters coming on board now um especially during like the last year which is great um, and I, I couldn't be more happier. And of course, I've got to give a big shout out to Dave as well. Because I mean, honestly, he's been keeping it afloat for pretty much seven years. Well, like, at least like more or less more times than I've been there. But yeah, honestly, big out, big, big shout out to Dave though, man. He, he is an absolute legend. I man mean, like I, Dave. I couldn't thank him enough for getting me on board. Him and Kaylee as well. Like, those two basically keep that... And Phil, too. Those three literally keep Surrey Hills Community Radio literally afloat, so... Do you know, uh, do you know Surrey Hills uh, socials, like, tags? Yes, so... Tag them here. (laughs) Yeah. So, you can find Surrey Hills Community Radio on Facebook at Surrey Hills Community Radio. And same on Instagram, or just be Surrey Hills Radio. And they also have their own Mixcloud, which they upload shows on... Just go on to find uh, Sorry Hills Community Radio. Or you guys as well, and I've been advertising a lot of my Instagram too, find, use the TuneIn app and then just search for Sorry Hills Community Radio on there. Sweet. Listen to live. Um, regarding production and like your processes, uh, are there any tips and tricks that you'd recommend to up-and-coming producers who are just starting in the industry? I'll just say learn how to EQ and compress comp- properly because I found out the hard way um, how easy it is to overcompress your tracks and just make them sound like as if they're just, you know, tinny and squashed and there's not much sound. So just know how much you can compress. I mean, if you really need to, and this is something I still do, use presets, for example, because when you use a compressor and EQ, they tend to have built-in presets that you can use. So I'd say utilise them. And then once you feel like you get more familiar with using EQs and compressors, start filtering out what you need to, like adding the threshold or putting a bit more gain on or removing, say, lows and highs. Um, It's just basically attuning your ear to how it sounds and what you can adjust to uh, get it to where you need it to be. And the same goes anything else, like with reverb. Never always add too much reverb. You need to add the right amount because I've oversaturated my stuff before with reverb and it just drowns everything out. So just make sure you put the right amount on when you're using effects. Okay, cool. Um, I probably should have asked this before, but I'll ask it now. <laughs> um, what's your DAW of choice and why do you like using that specific DAW? Logic Pro X. I've, well, for me, I feel like it's just the easiest one because... Uh, before I used to be on Pro Tools and it's cool but I feel that's mainly just for like if you're recording a live band for example 
and there wasn't any much option. At least when I was at college and I used it, which is like the free version, um, there wasn't any means of, say, using my, you know, like the stock plugins or anything like to make my own sounds. So what I have to do is um, go on to, oh, I'm trying to remember the app now. But there was this particular app I had to use, I think it was Cubase. Yeah, I think it might be like Cubase or something. And literally take the sounds from there, import it in, and then just try to match it up with the session. Um, so, but yeah, I, honestly, I prefer Logic, but I know there's going to be people out there that are going to be like, oh, you know, if you make dance music, why not go with Ableton? Well, I still need to get used to it because I've seen Ableton before and I've looked at it and it still looks like, you know, one big Rubik's Cube that I just can't solve. <laughs> it's just confusing to me. I can't get used to it. But maybe one day, who knows? Maybe one day. Regarding production again, um, mixing and mastering, in your own words, how would you define each of them and what's the key differences? Uh, well, for me, mixing is, say, the stage just before you master. So it's like taking out any of the sounds that you don't need, you know, obviously tying everything out by, like, you know, adding reverb and EQ and everything. Um, it'd be the best way to put it, just obviously making it sound to the level you're at. And then mastering is just where you just make it just sound much louder to that professional industry standard. So stuff like limiters, you know, maybe like if you want to stereo spread it, for example, if you want to you know, say, add or contract, like, particular aspects or, like, say, highs, mids, or lows. Um, that's kind of a general run-through of both. Nice one, man. Um, either through ACM or through Surrey Hills Radio, um, are there any artists at the moment that you've come across that you're like, yeah, man, dig that, really like their style, his or her style or their style? Uh... I mean, definitely you for starters. And I'm not being biased when I'm saying that either. But generally, I do like what you've been coming out with, though. Love, bro. <laughs> Thank you, stuff. man. I appreciate uh, that. In terms of other people from ACM, uh, I'd have to give a shout out to Michael Mikey Brennan because, I mean, I've been working with him for the past year and uh, we're still working on an album, me and him, that we're hoping to get out. Well, we're saying by September, October, but we don't know yet. Because we're in the middle of getting, I say, another like half of the tracks done, already started. Uh, so definitely, um, oh, I'd say also just Harry as well is another one because I remember meeting up with him before at I think it was before I won the ACM gigs before I started ACM properly. Uh, Pablo as well, it's another shout because I met him before I started ACM, and he has some great stuff coming out right now. Um, trying to think who else now <laughs> that's pretty much almost everyone, everyone I can think of right now so, nice one yeah. man um, you said you, you and Mikey because Mikey's a legend like you know if oh he is absolutely if you're at ACM you know, then you know Mikey you know Aaron and Mikey are like Batman and Robin man uh, they're, doing, they're saving <laughs> the world out they're saving the world out here man um, regarding like making the album like is there a workflow that you guys kind of settled on is it like you do one track at a time or do you do like all the tracks a little bit consistently or no I think it's definitely we go through it there's more I feel like depending on which track it is some would need a bit more attention than others so because the stuff that we've got will vary from you know we can go to like say for example like rock or you know like AC synth pop or, you know, it's, it's literally all across the board. So it really depends. But the songs, especially like the more 80s sounding ones, 
there's got to be you know, like a great depth of um, you know obviously rhythm which I can master but then obviously um, adding in the other elements to make it sound more colourful more bright um, and that kind of goes off with the reference track which Mikey has literally planned down to the very T exactly what tracks are necessary to meet the requirement of the track that we're making um, and would literally just give me to them via email and then also give me the chord progression so I could just give him backing tracks for rough demos so then we can build off on that. So it really just depends. Um, but I feel there's, like I say, there's some tracks that are easier to do than others. Yeah, man. Uh, going back to like the uh, kind of pop culture music, I guess. Um, they keep pinning your ear to the street. Are there any uh, like unsigned major like scale? Not Not like ACM necessarily, but like artists like whether they're in the uk or globally that you can see becoming the next big thing Ooh, and yeah because I've, I've been literally focusing a lot on the uk rap scene especially even in the last year i mean i've been watching stuff like the rap game for example uh i feel like one artist who i have actually been following for i'd say the past three years i know she's getting big but i definitely feel like she could probably get bigger because i know she was trying to get that international connection and might be rebuilding that again uh, Brim, very, very good female rapper. Um, I'd definitely recommend checking her out if you guys haven't, um, even though she's obviously building up. And uh, Diane Drill, which I mentioned to you earlier on because I... <laughs> this is the funny thing too. I had her management literally email me about a month ago uh, just to promote... Like, this you come up like, oh, can you, like, play her one of her latest tracks at the time? So i say definitely um, go check her out and put her on your radar for definite. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't know. There's like, there's so many I can think of right now, but it's like they're just not coming to my mind. But there's, there's definitely a lot of um, talent there that I feel people can just tap into uh, that needs to get more exposure. Um, <laughs> definitely us for sure, though. I feel, yeah. I feel, I feel, <laughs> well, I feel like one day, one day, definitely. One day. <laughs> um, you're also a drummer. Yeah. Um, have you, have you had any gigs recently? Like, have you had any, like, practices or have you had any, like, sessions? Uh, more so, like, recording drum covers, more so. Yeah. In terms of an actual gig, uh, God, using an actual drum kit, it's been probably over a year, but I know I did a gig last, probably more or less around this time last year, um, mainly using the Cajon, though, because it was an acoustic gig. Uh, with me and Mikey, we were performing over at the Holroyd Arms. Yeah. Great venue. And I was doing that with the likes of Daniel Michelle as well. And a couple of other artists as well. Um, in terms of gigs with a drum kit, there's going to be a couple that I've got lined up. In particularly in this month coming. And also in October. Mainly up in London. Just with me and Mikey... As a full band, yeah. um, pretty much just running through some of the songs, I'll say, for the album. Sweet. Should be exciting. Nice one, man. Um, looking forward, uh, whether it's short, medium, long term. What are your career goals and aspirations? Oh, uh, i say overall, um, I definitely want to make it big being as a session drummer, um, potentially performing for someone big. Uh, and in production... I I mean, I, I want to keep on just levelling it up and more and more as I keep going on because I know, I do, I feel like, you know, I know my stuff, but at the same time, I just feel like I can just learn more and just improve, improve, improve each time. 
um, whether it's just through trial and error, um, from, you know, critical analysis from my friends who listen, I'm just going to change this, change this. Um, and potentially as well get into the realm of composing more for video games, particularly indie. I want to make, make a name for myself within that spectrum, as I know there's a lot to be had there. Um, and then potentially just trying to see if I can fill it with other aspects, whether it be like sound engineering for people, uh, BVs for other people. I just kind of want to go into different avenues and uh, just see what I can kind of do within that, essentially. Nice one, man. Um, okay, thank you very much, DJ Azza. It's been a pleasure as always. Thanks for your time today. And uh, hopefully we'll get you on again soon. But in the meantime, good luck with what you're doing at the moment, man. Cheers, bro. Pleasure having me on. Nice one. Thank you. Specific Brown Show. The Specific Brown Show. The Specific Brown Show. That was my interview with DJ Azza. Thanks once again to DJ Azza for being on the show. And we'll be back the same time, same place next week. And we'll be interviewing Smith Solace, also from ACM. Until then, keep it real, keep it 100. This is the SB Show. And have a good week. Thanks for listening to the SB Show. Come back soon for more cloth talk. Until next time, keep it real, mi gente.